you've got to be a bit selfish first and foremost because you have to like yourself and you have to like who you are and be comfortable in your own skin. And once you can do that, loving someone else and letting them love you back is the biggest gift you can give or get. Welcome to Star of the Doubt. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us today, we have Mr. Matt Young from mrmattyoung.co.uk. Hey, Matt. Hello, Jared. Always a pleasure to speak with you, and we got a chance to hang out recently. We did at your little conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that old thing. <laughs> no, it was great to see you, Matt, and you know, you were hanging out with some good folks, uh, and I, I was a little jealous. I was like, man, this guy just, uh, Matt Young knows everybody, or it felt that way to me. And uh, it was, but it was refreshing to see you come all the way to Chicago and you're not just sitting, you know, on the wall, just, just kind of soaking it all in. You were like all up in there talking to everybody. And so that's one thing I want to start with is, is Matt, how do you know so many people? Well, well, I think you probably knew more people at that conference than I did to, for starters, but I, I avoided more than <laughs> we're going to mention on this show. But, so yeah. I've, I've been a member of a, a podcasting a small podcasting community run by a guy called Moron Breckett. Yes. And uh, he has been encouraging me to start a podcast and I've been waiting two years and I launched it on the Friday of Podcast Movement. And the biggest buzz I think for me was in coming to Chicago, I got to meet Moron. I got to meet his other half, Julie. I got to meet fantastic people like Bill Nowicki and Michelle Talbot and people like that who have been in this group who are US residents and they're all going to the conference. And I thought, do you know what? That would just be amazing to press the flesh, give them some hugs. And Bill Nowicki is just an amazing guy. And, and you know, he's, he's, a, he's a podcaster, does a podcast, and we just started a new one, but he does a podcast about submarine sea stories. Yes. I have no interest in submarines whatsoever, but the stories are fascinating. And uh, he very kindly asked me to do the intro on his podcast. And from that day to this, we become firm friends. And I got to meet him because you put a conference on. Well, I love all the people that you just mentioned. And Bill Nowicki's new podcast is called Marietta Stories, yes. and it is so good. I've listened to both episodes that he's got out at, as of this recording. And uh, so, Matt, let, let's not be shy here. Let's talk about your show. You just launched it. What, what are you doing? My podcast is called They Talk for a Living, and I basically interview people who talk for a living. I had the idea for a couple of years, and I've spoke to quite a few people about it, and no one said, what a bad idea for a show. It's just taken me too long to, to start it. But my, my background is in broadcasting. So I've been a radio presenter for about 15, 16 years now. And so I can talk to radio presenters, but I can talk to fellow podcasters. I can talk to public speakers, university lecturers, college professors. There's so many people who physically talk for a living. So it's just a way of getting really interesting people to myself for half an hour to an hour and uh, recording it and putting it out there for other people to hopefully find interest in as well. I think that is a great summary. Matt, we're privileged that you're here with us today. So we're going to do a, a get to know Matt Young, take a big swim in Lake Matt Young. That's what we're going to do right now. So Matt, we're going to start out with the finish the sentence, which I know you're familiar with and I know you love. And okay, so we're going to start with, let's come up with a good one here for Mr. Matt Young. Okay, Matt, finish the sentence. When in doubt, blank. Flag it. <laughs> uh, if you'd be willing to elaborate. Yeah, do I need to translate that for you? <laughs> I, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> a blag is is uh, kind of covering up for something. Basically, it's just going, do you know what? I'm not sure what I'm doing here, so I'm just going to go with it anyway. Oh, okay. That's a blag. Right. That, that, that must be a UK term. Probably. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, yes or no? Brexit. No. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Back, back, back to finish this sentence. Okay. If you ever get a chance to meet Jared Easley, go and shake his hand, but don't make sure he's not organizing a conference at the same time because you won't get to spend any time with him. <laughs> All right. Uh, I set myself up for failure on these. Sorry. <laughs> see that. Oh, all right. Uh, th- this is the next one. So if you pull out your smartphone and you were to play a video game, what would you play? I'm addicted to this new one at the moment, and it's called 1010. And it's a bit like, oh, I can't remember what that game's called now. It's basically where you have to place shapes inside a box. And when you complete a row, they disappear. Tetris. It's a bit like Tetris. I love Tetris. Oh, so I'm addicted to it. See, I'm a simple man. I, I don't need fast games and fast cars and whatever. Just give me puzzles. Just give you puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Matt. So let, let's talk about some headlines. And, and I kind of briefed you on this before we got on here. What we're going to do is, is just kind of look in our Facebook timelines and see some of these headlines that are trending. And then maybe talk about how that could apply to starving the doubts. And uh, if you don't have one, that's okay. But uh, let's just start with uh, an interesting one. So I'm, I'm actually not on Facebook. I'm opening up uh, CNN.com. CNN is uh, some would consider a reliable news source here in the U.S. Sure. And so we'll start with uh, here's here's an interesting one. He survives plane crash, wins lottery. <laughs> so let, let's see what this is. Emirates crash landing survivor scoops one million dollar lottery jackpot six days later. So apparently a gentleman's in a crash landing of an airliner. He survived it. He's 62 years old. And then just a few days later, he plays the lottery and he wins $1 million. Wow. So, uh, all right, I'm going to give you the tough moment here, Matt, where, where how in the world could something like that apply to starting <laughs> All, all that's coming to me right now, Jared, is he must have done something good or was owed something big from a previous life because, you know, to a cat has nine lives. He saved his life, then he wins a million dollars. I mean, that's just phenomenal. Well, maybe one takeaway is is there's going to be times when you think, hey, this could be over, but it really isn't. You know, some of the best things to come or, or you know, maybe in this case, a week later. So when it, when it looks grim and it looks like it's about the end, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't let that you know, keep you from, from doing what you feel led to do and don't keep, let that keep you from living. Well, right. I, I think I remember seeing that I've got the story up in front of me now, but I think I remember seeing the news footage to this and the plane had made a landing on the runway and they were getting people to get off and people were still trying to collect their bags. And then you all of a sudden you hear the, the <laughs> flight attendant was like, just leave your bags behind and get off the plane. And then within a minute of the plane being free, one of the engines exploded and it went up at like an inferno. So Yes. You know, I don't know if there's a, a starve the doubts thing about leaving your luggage behind, but yeah, getting off the plane and thinking, actually, it, I'm not doomed. I've got to go down that little bouncy rubber inflatable slide and I'll be saved. Well, Matt, let's let's go there for a minute. What What's something in your past that you might have been reluctant to let go of, but you had to? And when you did, something positive came from that. What did I let go? I tell you what, I moved across the country mm. and what I let go of was everyday contact with my direct family. And I am, I consider myself very, very fortunate, very lucky. I like my family. I know so many people that go, my mama, my dad, and my brother. And this. I, my family are just phenomenal. They're fantastic people. I love hanging out with them. 
but to up sticks. And the UK is nowhere near big as the, as the US, but I moved 250 miles away, which is not really commuter distance. We don't see a massive amount of each other, but it's led me to the life I have now. And do you know what? I never foresaw myself being where I am now, and I could not be happier. Wow. I think that's an excellent example. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. All right, so we're we're on the topic of planes. So here's another headline that I think could have some application here. Passenger chases plane on tarmac. (laughs) (laughs) So... My my first thought is uh is this is this Matt Young? My first thought yeah, is he's got to be British. He's got to be British. <laughs> okay, so so it's Ryanair. I know you're he's Irish. It's even better. And, but here's what it says: it says an airline passenger in Madrid. So this actually happened in Madrid. We don't know uh, if he's Irish or not. He maybe he is. An airline passenger. He's eager to get home to Ireland. An airline passenger in Madrid bypassed security, broke through an anti-fire door, and jumped from a passenger boarding bridge to chase down a missed flight. He was able to board the plane, but was arrested upon landing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is... So I'm not missing this plane, even if I go to jail when I get home. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, I I can say this because my mother is from Ireland, but, you know, (laughs) he might have been a slightly crazy Irish guy. (laughs) <laughs> and he might have had a, got a pint or two of Guinness before he got on that plane. But, um, <laughs> it, it, you know, there were things in front of him. There was fire doors. There was a ramp that he had to jump from. But he wasn't going to let that stop him. He still ran across. And he, the thing is, like you said, they still let him on the plane. I can't imagine yeah. any scenario where the plane <laughs> stops and they just let somebody on the plane on the tarmac. I've never seen that before. That's why I clicked on it. I thought this doesn't sound realistic. Apparently, this really did happen. And so I find that interesting that, hey, go ahead and get on the plane. But yeah, you're going to jail when we land. I know. It's like the pilot. You know, you, you can wait. It's like waving down a cab, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the way this article makes it sound, uh, you know, it's just like, OK, I'm just, this is like Uber. No big deal. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I, I know that that was a big deal. And, and so, so let's think on that. How can that have some kind of application to life and, and to business, Matt? Is there something in your past where you said, the heck with it, I'm going for it, and uh, maybe you had a, a reasonable result, or maybe that result didn't play out like you thought it would? The thing that springs to mind straight away is is a career change. Mm-hmm. So I left school, I entered the, the motor trade, and I wanted to be a car salesman because car salesmen got new cars every three months. This is a 16-year-old lad's way of thinking, Okay. <laughs> So don't judge me on it now. But at 16, I was thinking, car, when I turn 17, I can drive a car. And if I work for a garage and I sell cars, they all have company cars. They change them every three months. That'd be fantastic. And that was my only train of thought. So I actually got into car sales for about eight years. And then I, I retrained and um, became a radio presenter, which was quite a challenge because I had to quit my job. I then had to get several part-time jobs to be able to do the training course that enabled me to become a radio presenter. So I gave up a reasonably well-paid career to go and wait tables and be a laborer on a building site and cut people's grass. So I could attend university or college for two and a half days a week to learn how to be a radio presenter. Wow. I love that. (laughs) And uh, no turning back, I'm assuming? I still do a little bit of radio presenting now, but the industry over here in the UK is is getting smaller and smaller. 
So they're consolidating radio stations together. I saw this coming, so I was already trying to find what I was going to do next. And so in 2010, I um, became a social media specialist. And I've been doing that ever since. And I now run my my own small agency here in my office in the southwest of England, working with um, clients all over the UK. And Matt, I will say that all of your social media is special to me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For whatever is that worth. All right. So, Matt, I'm going to throw another story at you here. I know you've been a good sport so far, and then I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to do one if you're up for it. This particular story stood out to me. It's, it's titled, Italy Finds Tourists Who Hog Beach Spots. Okay. So we, we've heard that term or that phrase, Matt, the early bird gets the worm. Mm. Well, apparently that's not true for Italian sunbathers because they've complained about people who are claiming spots on the beach putting their equipment or their beach towels down overnight so that when the beach opens at 830 in the morning, uh, guess what? There's my spot. And uh, they're taking this really serious. I mean, they've been swooping from Tuscany to Sardinia. I probably said that wrong. And they're threatening people who might be doing this with fines of 200 euros. So if you're interested in bathing or hanging out at the beach, don't put your stuff out overnight because you will get fined. And so apparently that is a thing. I don't know how that applies to Star of the Doubts. <laughs> uh, maybe fall in line. Uh, don't cheat. Well, uh, uh, if you uh, if you talk about it from a, a UK point of view, that you know, us here in England, we don't go to Italy. We, it's funny the Italians don't come up often, but when we go abroad, there is a lot of this happens. You know, people get up and they and they bagsy. They get that first place, the one beside the swimming pool, the one that's going to get the sun for most of the day. And they will get up at six o'clock in the morning to put their towel down on that beach chair so they can reserve it. And it says big signs, no reserving, no reserving. But everybody still does it. And the Brits think it's the Germans that do it. And it's the Germans who think that it's the Brits that do it. And you know what? Everybody's guilty of doing it. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah, I could totally get that. But if the rule says, hey, you can't do this, we will find you if you do it. You can't come until 830 to go and set up. And that's the rule then, you know, you could you could say that the people who are, are not abiding by the rule are being selfish. Is that reasonable to say that? Yeah, I, I would do what every good British person does and begin a queue. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's so be at the queue at 8.30. I would be at the queue at 6.30. And then when I'm allowed in to lay my towel down at 8.30, then I'm laying my towel down. But I'm going to be the first in the queue. So question for you, Matt, and you and I've kind of touched on some stuff in our pre-call and maybe this is something that you'll feel comfortable talking about, but let's talk about selfishness for a little bit where there's been moments in your life where you're just looking out for number one and, and that that didn't quite play out or that didn't help you. What's something where you can share about where maybe selfishness wasn't the best way to go? And I'm happy to share this, Jared, and we, we have already touched on this before, but my selfishness led to my marriage breaking down. And I, I just go full circle and say, I'm delighted to tell you that it's now back in full swing and I'm happier. And I think my wife is as happy as I am, <laughs> but uh, right. we are, we are back together. But yeah, I left, I, I left the marital home and I went and got a, 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 I rented a room from someone and I lived there for a year and carried on living my life and working and all that sort of stuff. I would see the children from time to time. They weren't my children, they were my stepkids, but I would see them from time to time when they wanted to see me because I couldn't really say, I want to see the kids because they're actually not my kids to see. So I'd see them from time to time. But it took me this whole year to figure out and look 
deep within myself and understand that I had been incredibly selfish. And what I'd done is I'd taken advantage of my wife's good nature. She is the most selfless person I know. She puts everybody else before herself. And when, I, when she met me and we got together, I came to that relationship with a cat. She came to that relationship with two children. <laughs> and she was very aware that she said, look, I don't want you to change. I want you to feel comfortable fitting into the family. But, you know, if you go and play golf, you should carry on going and play golf. And if, if you go to the football on Saturday, you should carry on going to the football on Saturday. So I did. And actually, she never stopped me from doing that. And I definitely took advantage because I would go and play golf at any opportunity and I would carry on and go into the football on Saturdays at the detriment to hanging out with my family because that's what I'd always done. And she was never, she never pulled me up on it because really it was for me to realize what I was doing. And she's not the kind of person that would confront you. It's not in her nature. And it took me, it was pretty much the best part of a year. And I went to a wedding and I went to a wedding on my own. And she, funnily enough, went to a wedding as well. And we were still connected on Facebook. So we saw each other's photos. And it was possibly the joint wedding thing because I suddenly thought I had such a good thing there. And she was such a good person because she always let me do what I wanted to do. But what did I do for her? And it was suddenly this realization that I'd really, really taken advantage of this kind hearted soul. I did the very modern thing. I sent her an email. And uh, I wrote it very late at night on my iPhone and um, posted it to her on a Monday night, probably about half past two Tuesday morning. And she replied at half past four on Tuesday morning. And um, by the Friday, we were back together. Wow. Mm. Love the reconciliation piece of that. I love how you were able to let go of pride, if you will, in the, in the sense of being able to understand that there was a, a good thing that you weren't going to be able to continue on with if you had not made that decision. So I'm, I'm so thankful to hear that. Matt, for someone who's being tempted with being selfish or sacrificing something, what, what would you say to them? You just have to be honest with yourself. You have to be 100% deep down in your heart and your soul. You know, is this the right thing to do? I will lay a small portion of blame on my wife's doorstep <laughs> in so much as she does that holding everything inside. And there was that sometimes where I didn't realize I was doing wrong. But again, it, I'm, I'm laying at her doorstep. It was, it was 100% my fault. And only when I allowed myself to be vulnerable and look inside and go, actually, you completely took advantage, you numpty, of this wonderful woman who's, you know, just has always done so much for you. So, yeah, yeah, you've got to. First and foremost, you've got to be honest with yourself because you've got to live with yourself first. And if you can't live with yourself, you can't live with somebody else. Matt, when's a good time to say I'm sorry? I'm not afraid to say I'm sorry. If I've got something wrong, I will admit it. I might have to fight my corner a little bit first. And then when I realize, actually, no, I'm wrong, I will say I'm sorry. But I, it depends on the circumstances, really. You know, sure. it depends what the argument was about or depends... You know, if I've made a mistake for a client, if, if, you know, if I've done something wrong with them, I'm not afraid to say the word sorry when I mean it. Has there been a time when you had to fall on your sword in order to keep the peace? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> okay. I won't dive any deeper on that. So, Matt, I, I promised the opportunity and you can decline it if you wish. But is there a story that stands out to you that you'd like to 
dive into. There was something I did see, and it, whether we get, again, whether we get something out of this or not, I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> but I, I saw that Oasis, the UK band Oasis, which I'm sure you are well aware of over in the States as well. Are you aware of them? Yes, absolutely. Good. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going down a long road <laughs> and you won't get nothing out of this. But they yep. are commemorating the 20th anniversary of concerts in a place called Nebworth. Now, have you ever heard of Nebworth? I have not. Okay. It's a stately home, I believe, with huge grounds. And some of the biggest rock bands in the world have held gigs there. So to hold a gig or to be allowed to hold a gig at Nebworth is a big, big thing. You know, you're Rolling Stones. Those are the kind of, eti- you know, those are the, the, the level of bands that play there. So Oasis of them now, but you know, this is 20 years ago, they're allowed to play at Nebworth. And Nebworth probably holds, and I, I am, you know, people can put me right here, but I think you can squeeze a quarter of a million people in there. So to have a concert at something like that, it is, oh, no, you can have, yeah, I've just seen it in the, in the, uh, in the notes. There's 250,000 people can attend. And it kind of made me think a little bit about your, your question where you asked people what the best concert they've, uh, they've attended. And I bet you there's a lot of people 20 years ago were there and are sitting here now thinking, I was at that gig. And that's just, I'm proud to say I saw Oasis play at Nebworth. So uh, when I think of Oasis, I'm thinking of, you know, some of those epic songs like Wonderwall and Champagne Supernova. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a a lyric or or a song from Oasis that might stand out to you that would apply to Star of the Doubts? This is where I am the world's worst DJ. (laughs) 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 Because my music knowledge is not great and I'm not one for lyrics. And I, I put this down to having an appalling memory. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it, honestly that it, absolute truth. I can whistle a tune, but I can't remember what they're singing. But the lyric that stands out and whether it, we can connect it to Starve the Doubts is slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball. That's from Wonderwall, isn't it? It is. And, and where was Matt while everyone else was getting high? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking on the door saying, please let me in. <laughs> I do love Wonderwall. And uh, maybe the takeaway there is, Wonderwall is one of those tunes where I can just put that on and it instantly kind of makes me feel good. I sing along and I think there's some moments in life where you just need that soundtrack, if you will, that'll pump you up or that soundtrack that'll kind of reset your mind. And uh, maybe that's the takeaway here is is sometimes you just put on some Oasis just because you need a little break in the day and you need to uh, get excited and, and feel good. And if that's what it is, that's what it is. Do you know, I've got one for you here. Oasis, because let's be honest. Yeah, possibly not the best singers in the world, the Gallagher <laughs> brothers. Yeah, I'm just yeah, maybe, maybe their mother would disagree. Yeah, exactly. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. But you know, and I'm not claiming to be the best singer, but <laughs> their vocal range allows Oasis songs to be good for karaoke. Mm. Now I am not a singer. <laughs> Karaoke's good <laughs> because they put the words on the screen for you, so that's okay. But I'm not a singer by any stretch of the imagination. But if I've had a couple of jars and someone wants me to do karaoke. I have to starve the doubts and I would pick an Oasis song to get up in front of a busy pub and sing that because I know it's not going to be outside of my vocal range either. And, you know, people are likely to sing along. So it's more of a group thing than a Matt Young. Precisely. (laughs) I like that strategy. I think there's there's some great takeaways from that, actually, is making it about other others than yourself. Even that might not have been what you were planning to say, but. (laughs) The, one other thing I'll, I'll throw in there is is they have a track that was directly after Wonderwall that was on uh, What's the Story Morning Glory album. 
called Don't Look Back in Anger. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies to some of the things that we've already chatted about in this episode is uh, anger and selfishness is just not going to take you in the direction that you want to go in. And forgiveness is a good way to go when you can, you know, swallow that pride and make that happen. And uh, even if some other people are still in the wrong, sometimes it's good to just, you know, make peace on your end. Do you know it, that the timing on this is is uncanny because I'm working with a new client and he is very much of this ethos. And, you know, I, I shared some stuff with him the other day about, I get a bit of road rage. You know, when I'm driving in the car, if someone cuts me up or something, <laughs> I get a bit angry with people. And I, I started doing this thing where if I thought someone had done something wrong, rather than just blow my stack, I would turn around and go, it's okay, I forgive you and carry on. Mm. And I'm not wasting any of my time or energy on that person or the negative situation. I'm just going to carry on driving and forget that ever happened. It didn't happen. He cut me up. He didn't hit me. There's no insurance companies involved. It's fine. Let's move on and forget it happened because otherwise I'm just going to let it fester and it's going to get me angry and that is going to do me no good whatsoever. And uh, you might be familiar, I'm sure you are familiar with a guy called Angus Nelson. I am. And I met Angus again through Podcast Movement in Chicago and sat down one night with him at the bar over a beer, probably a Budweiser. It might have been a Guinness, actually. And what an incredible human being to tell me his story of how life wasn't great. And now he is this amazing, positive person. And he shared a video yesterday on his Facebook, which was something he made a year ago. So it's one of those Facebook memories. And it was just this lovely, sentimental piece about where he's walking through the woods. It's a beautiful day. And he was just, again, it was about that forgiveness and and learning from your mistakes and moving on. And uh, yeah, there's that comes that I love this concept of your podcast. It's brilliant. Because it's, we got this from talking about an Oasis concert 20 years ago. Amazing. <laughs> well, I'll say this, Matt. I hope the listeners forgive us for being all over the map, but I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> so practical application from an episode is, okay, you know, now the listeners have to forgive us. <laughs> so, I, Matt, I am grateful for your time. And you are a friend and, and just someone that I really appreciate. And I'd love to hear if you have any final thoughts on, you know, kind of this crazy thing that we put together today. I mean, I, I love to get deep and meaningful every once in a while. <laughs> and and I, I, it's happened several times. And, and you know, this is a, an unexpected bonus to kind of, again, share this with someone who I feel comfortable talking about this with, knowing that other people are, uh, well, hoping that other people are going to listen, I suppose. Otherwise, I might have ruined your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no chance of that. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it, it's, you know, the, the takeaways for me are, you know, you <laughs> You've got to be a bit selfish first and foremost because you have to like yourself and you have to like who you are and be comfortable in your own skin. And once you can do that, loving someone else and letting them love you back is the biggest gift you can give or get. Wow. And I hope that people will be willing to be courageous and give that gift. Definitely. Well said. Matt, what is the best place for people to connect with you online? Probably Twitter. Uh, My username is at Mr. Matt Young and that's Mr. as in M-R. And that is also the name of my website. And if you put that into most social media platforms, you'll probably find me. So yeah, that's who I am. And um, listen, I love to chat, as you can probably tell. So (laughs) my job is social media. If you ask me a question and I don't answer it, I'm not doing my job. Well, I hope that people will take a moment just to let us know if you enjoyed hanging out with Matt and I today. And again, we mentioned you can check out Matt over at Mr. Matt Young dot co dot uk uh, we'd love to hear from you either via twitter or facebook or on an email but by hearing from you that just kind of lets us know that we're 
making something that uh, resonates and has, has value. And then when we don't hear from you, that's where we get a little nervous. And if you have social media questions, I encourage you to consider reaching out to Matt because this guy knows what he's doing. So Matt, thank you again for your time today. Jared, thanks for having me on your show. Cheers. You just have to be honest with yourself. You have to be 100% deep down in your heart and your soul. You know, is this the right thing to do? First and foremost, you've got to be honest with yourself because you've got to live with yourself first. And if you can't live with yourself, you can't live with somebody else.